Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting from tips and tricks to business information. I am your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about breaking down a scene, why we should do it, how we should do it, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) So let's get into it. So recently... I had the worst night of insomnia I've had in a very long time. I woke up, I went to bed at 11, woke up at 3, and could not fall back asleep. So I got up, I figured I would do some work, and then go back to bed around 1 o'clock to take a nap. When I did that, I could not nap. So instead of sleeping that entire Sunday, I worked on a journal that I'm going to be putting out soon for purchase on Amazon, most likely. Uh, I'm not crazy about Amazon, but it's probably the best option for selling this. But it's a journal that would be all about a process to create a character. So it's a guided journal for actors to buy when they have booked a role for a film, for a play, for a a television series. I apologize if my... Uh, if, if the way I'm speaking in this podcast episode is a little off, I'm still working on the audiobook I was doing recently, and I just finished uh, about an hour and a half doing that, so I, I feel a little frazzled, but I also know this is the only chance I have to record, so I'm going to do it now. Um, but anyway, I'm working on this journal, and one of the things I've included in it is 10 separate sections for scene breakdowns. And I realized that sometimes actors don't fully understand how they should break down a scene. You know, or at least we have an idea about it, but I'm the type of person who it really helps me to have an outline of what I should be doing. It's the same when I'm working on a screenplay or something that I'm writing. I'm much better when I have an outline of where I want to go than just writing freeform. That's not to say that one is better than the other. People have different processes for writing, right? Some people can just sit down and start flowing, and that's great. For me, it's always better to have a bit of a process, something I'm aiming towards in that particular section. And so that's what I wanted to do with this journal, and specifically with the scene breakdowns in the journal. Um, so let's talk about it, because I feel like, again, sometimes... I hear from actors that they don't really know what work they need to be doing on the scene. You know what I mean? Or at least it's kind of vague. Now, when we work on this stuff, I think it's always important to remember that no matter how much work you do here, you got to let it go when you get to the moment, right? The moment trumps all. So if you think this scene is about how angry you are at this person, but then when you're doing it with your scene partner, you're finding all this love and connection, then go with what's in the moment with those impulses rather than trying to hold on to your preconceived ideas of the scene. So just a little note before we get into it. All right. So when we're breaking down a scene, the first thing that I like to do, and again, this is a technique I use. It doesn't mean it's the only way to do this. It's a way that I find works for me and hopefully will work for you. Always, my recommendation when people take classes, when people try out new techniques, is try it 100%, see how it works for you, and then assess afterwards, you know, what did work, 
What didn't work? What can I leave behind? What should I take with me? And then, you know, what I like to do is I like to go back to a tool, even if I don't think it worked for me and try it again, maybe a couple months down the line or a year later, just to see if something has shifted or if I find some new insight. That's what tools are to me. And that's what I think we should view different techniques and tricks or tips as are just tools that can help us get there, but don't have to be used every single time. Not every role will require all of the tools in your tool belt. You know, you gotta, you don't use a, a screw to nail in a nail. All right, this analogy is getting overblown. A wild podcast episode so far. I feel like I'm all over the place, but I'll focus in right now on the scene breakdown. The first thing I do when I start looking through a scene, of course, is I do the first three reads, right? First, I just read through the scene trying to see what curiosities are instantly sprung. I read it just as a viewer. I had a teacher once who said that first read is like the first date. You are getting to know the story. You're just kind of letting your instincts guide you. The second read, I focus on what my character wants. What do I want in this scene and why? I always think that's really important. And I had a teacher that I've brought up on this podcast before named Jordan Chappelle at AMAW Studios in Los Angeles. He's amazing. Best teacher I've ever had. And when he talks about objective, he says we should always ask ourselves why we want those things and keep asking why until we get to something that is really personal for us, something that hits us emotionally, that activates us in a certain way. And that's how we begin to follow the curiosity. And then the third read of the scene, I recommend at least doing it three times. You can always do it more, of course, but at least three times. The third read you're really focusing on the relationship to your scene partners, to whoever else is in the scene. I would also use this as an opportunity to write down any of the given circumstances, as well as anything that people say about your character or that you say about yourself. You could do that last part, what people say about your character or you say about yourself, in the second read if you'd like. But ultimately, I think those are good things to write down. It gives you a clue as to who this person is. Now, when we're breaking down a scene, I like to start it out by using a, a phrase to kind of clue me in to the scene itself. So here's the phrase. This is a scene about me in a relationship fighting to solve the problem with my partner here, now, today to get my dream. So a couple of those are in parentheses and for, are to be filled in by you, depending on the scene, of course. The relationship, the problem, the partner, and the dream. So that's the first thing I'll do, is try to break down the scene like that. The next thing I do is very simple. I'm focused on the environment of the scene. What is the where? What's the geography? What's the place? What's the time? Do you have a map of the location that they're in? Can you draw one? How often do you come to this place? Is it brand new to you? What's in the place? Kind of just creating the space around you. Next thing we're going to do is focus on the activity. What are you here to do in the space? Or what is there here to do? What are the important sensory details 
of where you are and your activities. So are you, I don't know, are you working, for some reason this is the first thing that came to mind, are you working on a processing line with cans? What is there here to do? You're doing your job as you're having this conversation with someone else in the scene. Okay, so I would then think about the sensory details there. What's the smell in the area? Probably some machinery, some oil, right? A kind of smell of steel, rust maybe. Are my hands kind of hurting at that point? How long have I been at work that day? The smell, what are we canning? What am I seeing? You know, a lot of silver, a lot of gray. A lot of people probably in similar uniforms. A lot of loud noises. So those are things I would focus on for the activity. And also think about what else could I be doing in that? Could I hit a button to stop the line of cans rolling through? Could I toss a can over to my scene partner? What are some things that I could do in the space? And why am I there? What what am I doing there? In this case, am I just there for work? Did I sneak in because someone I know works here and I need to talk to them about something important? It depends on the scene, of course. This is all just a fabricated scene I'm making up. But we need to think about those things, the activity. So we have the scene The initial scene breakdown, right? This is a scene about me in a relationship fighting to solve the problem with my partner here now today to get my dream. We have some questions about the environment. We have some questions about the activities that are possible. And next we have to think about the moment before. So what happened to your character, to you, to your partner just before the scene started? Just start to think about where they're coming from. Are they coming from outside? Do they need to take their jacket off because it was cold? Is it a hot day outside that they're coming from? Have they had a really relaxed start to their day or has it been kind of frantic? What happened just before they came in? Have they eaten recently? Did they have breakfast? Did they skip it? Have they hopped up on coffee? What's the moment before? What has happened to your character so that when you walk into the scene, there's a full life going on there, right? After thinking about the moment before, we want to start working on the relationship to your scene partner. What is your relationship to them or to, you know, the multiple people that are in the scene? What do you owe them? Sometimes it's not something tangible. It might just be, I owe them respect. I owe, I owe them the opportunity to say their piece. Uh, it can be different things of that nature. Maybe it is something. I owe them money. Maybe it's something tangible. I owe them an explanation. What's your role in the relationship? Are you... Are you the one who has more power in the relationship? Are you a boss and they're the employee? Are you someone who has less? Are you a butler and they are your uh, rich employer? Try to figure out what your role is in that relationship. Are you someone like an Obi-Wan Kenobi? Are you like a sage one who gives advice? Or are you someone who's looking for advice often in the relationship? Someone who needs help? 
the one pining after them and they don't even know, or the one who's being pined after and you don't even know, or you do know. But what is your role in the relationship? Next, we want to start thinking about the scenic action. And this is where we get into things like obstacles, objective, etc., etc. So what is the problem with your partner? And it's always better if we can make this problem a big, a bigger issue than something very small. Now, obviously, if the script is not calling for something drastically big, you don't have to play that. But we want to try to find a way to make it as as big as we can while making it believable, right? So if the scene is about you bringing your significant other the wrong coffee that they ordered, and you know they'll be frustrated, but they're not going to leave you for that. You don't want to play it like you just broke their heart and are admitting that you cheated on them, right? You don't want to use those kind of stakes because then it, it just does not make sense. But you still want to make it big relationship threatening so maybe it's not let's let's go with that scenario you're bringing a cup of coffee you got the wrong order for your partner you know they're going to be frustrated and the threatening thing is that it is the it's your anniversary today and you have a big gorgeous day planned and you just messed up this one thing but you don't want them in a bad mood because you got all this stuff planned you really want them to go out with you and you know this might make them just want to stay in Something along those lines, right? That's that's believable to me, at least. That's something that I could believe in as stakes. Now, if you don't believe in that, that's that's fine. you got to find your own, right? But that's what I mean. Is we're trying to find the problem with the partner, and it has to be something that, that does stir us to action. If it's something we don't care about, or something that doesn't really matter, has no stakes, then the scene is going to be kind of flat. Next thing you want to ask yourself is what is the dream for your partner and you? What's the ideal, right? How do you get to where you want to go? Where do, or rather, where do you want to go? We're not asking how do you get there yet. We will. But what is the dream? So maybe in that scenario from before, the dream is we have the most romantic anniversary ever. We have a day of connection and love. Maybe it's something as as big as, by the end of the day, I want to propose. Now, this can differ based on whether or not this is a scene for an audition or for a full story. Because if it's a full story and the character is not trying to propose at the end of the day, then that might not work for you. Although you can still use it if it motivates you in a certain way. If that's something that will motivate you to fight for this dream, which is the next question, then you can use that, right? And even more so for an audition, when it's in a vacuum, and oftentimes casting directors, they're not looking for the right choice, right? They're looking for you to make a strong choice. So if that would motivate you, the idea that you need this day to go perfect so that you can propose the way you want to at the end of the day, if that motivates you in a strong way, even if it doesn't match with the entire story of the script, that's a fine choice to make. And that's something, quick sidebar on this about casting directors, uh, because I I think there's a lot of pressure on actors sometimes to get it right, to feel like they're doing things correctly. And I've harped on this in past episodes. But a good thing to remember is that they are looking for the person, not the perfect. Right? Right? 
They're looking for, for your individuality. They don't need a perfect performance. They want to see the humanity that you can bring. And humanity is not perfect. It's messy. It's it's wrong sometimes. And that's, you know, I've, I've been editing these videos of uh, Anthony Mindel, whose workshop I, I took uh, photos and videos for about a month ago. And in one of them, he talks so much about how we are now in this world where we have a constant influx of these images on Instagram and TikTok, these videos of just like perfect people, of, of people that look like their lives are incredible. When in reality, that's all just curated, right? It's this curated perfection that doesn't really exist. But we're sold into this, you know, gosh, I don't want to use this term matrix because of some of the awful people that use that term. We're sold into this false reality of perfection that just doesn't exist and is not what it means to be human. To be human is not to be perfect. What is it? To err is human, right? To make mistakes is human. And so, again, they're not looking for the perfect. They're looking for the person. All right. Back to the scene breakdowns. So once you figure out the dream for your partner and you, or even just for you, maybe your partner is someone that you don't have a close relationship with in the scene. Maybe it's a, a job interview scene or something like that. So you've just met this person. There could still be a dream there, right? The dream is at the end of the interview, the person on the other side that you've just met is shaking your hand saying, welcome to the team or whatever, but something along those lines. So you can still have a dream for your partner and you, but you can also have a personal dream that is just for your character, right? But then you have to ask, what are you fighting for? Why are you fighting for this dream? Why do you want it so bad? This goes back to the objective, right? Why do we want this? What's going to keep us in the fight? I did a scene a while back, and one of the notes I got was, you gave up. You gave up the fight. You started giving in to the sadness of the scene. And this was a wild scene, I'll tell you. Uh, it was from Edward Albee's The Goat. And in that show, uh, it is about a, a married man who has an affair with a goat named Sylvia. Uh, it is a wild story. But I was playing the man, and I had to do the scene where I was. my wife was confronting me about this. And rather than keep fighting for her love and fighting for her to understand me, there was a certain point where I gave up too early. And we can't give up. When we give up, it just becomes a very boring scene. Even when people seem like they're giving up, there's still a fight for something. Nihilism. If someone's a nihilistic character. In fact, I was watching a scene from The Walking Dead recently. It's a... it was a scene where a character was very nihilistic about the world. Just there's no point fighting for anybody. If you don't know the show, it's a bunch of zombies, but people struggling for survival. And one of the characters was questioning, like, why do we even do this? There's no hope. There's nothing. And it could have been really good, except she was just kind of living in her own world of sadness, as opposed to trying to convince the other person that she was right, convince them of her point of view, because that would have caused more fight in the scene, right? That would have caused it to be more together as opposed to one person wallowing, which is never as interesting. So what are you fighting for? How are you going to get rid of the problem so that you can get the dream? And then we want to get a bit more specific about this. How will you know when you've won? How will you know when you've achieved that dream? What will be your state or your partner's state? What will they look like? 
What might they say so that you will know that you've won? That way you have a, a clear target that you're working towards, right? Right now I'm doing a scene from, it's a John pa- Patrick Shanley uh, scene. I don't remember the name of it. Italian-American romance, I believe. Italian-American romance. And in the scene, I'm a guy who's known this woman for years and had feelings for her for a very long time but never admitted them. And by the end of it, I, I open up. And so how will I know I've won is when I hold her, when I kiss her, something like that, right? That's a, a clear thing that I'm working towards. Then we have to ask ourselves, what is the opposite of your fighting for? So what is the thing that you just desperately don't want to happen? This, this is like in line with stakes, you know. We want to think of the, the negative as well as the positive. We're fighting so that this happens, but then also what are we afraid will happen, right? Going back to that coffee scene, are we afraid that she'll just say no at the end of the day? That if we don't make this day perfect, then maybe it can be irrational. Humans are irrational, right? We're irrational. That if I don't get the coffee right, if I don't make everything perfect, that she'll say no. And that will spur on. That's like juice for your fighting for, right? The next question we want to ask is how could you give up or give in or exit the relationship? Could you just walk away? What would that mean if you did? What would it mean if you gave up? What would you lose? What would you gain? Gain something. It might not be what you want, but you'd gain something. And all of those questions are designed to really help you understand what your character wants and what is at stake for your character. I always recommend answering those questions almost as though you're talking to your best friend about it. Someone that you can be completely yourself with and just really open up. Sometimes I don't even write down answers to that. I just imagine I'm talking to my best friend. And I trust that that's going to stay with me. I might write down little notes, but not like a full paragraph or anything. The next thing we want to do is write down any written opposites, any discoveries, Anytime you report the where about yourself, I'm sorry, anytime you report where, you report yourself, or you report your partner. And report just means making a declarative statement about it. So a written opposite is just, for example, you saying I hate you to someone that you love, right? That's an opposite. Discoveries is your character learning new pieces of information. So, for example, let's go to the coffee one again. You bring coffee for your partner, and they say, no, I asked for a white mocha latte. I think that's another thing. Uh, I, I just drink black coffee, so I don't really know. Um, that's not true. I get creamer sometimes. Uh But that's a discovery, right, for your character. They thought they had gotten the right order. They just discovered, oh, I didn't. And then reporting yourself for your partner, that's your 
again, your character making like a declarative statement. So I'm really upset. You seem really angry. I got your order wrong. Something like that. So we want to write down those just so we have an understanding of where they are. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to list all of the events in order by title and essence. So, you know, maybe the first event of that scene would be me walking in, holding the coffee. What's the essence of that? Joy. I feel joy that I'm bringing my partner some coffee. Maybe it could be excitement. Maybe it could be apprehension. Maybe I'm nervous I got the order wrong. Maybe it could be nervous excitement. A little combination of the two because I'm excited to surprise her with coffee. But just an essence that, that you find connected to. And again, I'm always nervous about like mapping out emotions to these things because you don't want to hold on to that if the moment is something different, right? If you come in excited and you see your scene partner is already angry and you don't react to that, you just hold on to the excitement because you're like, well, that's that was the first event I wrote and that's the essence, so I got to stay with it, then it's it's not truthful and it becomes then this then your scene work, your acting becomes this thing where you're trying to get it right. You're trying to get it to fit the thing you came up with before, which is not what we're doing. We're trying to give ourselves tools so that we can be more free in the moment, not more contained. So always trust the moment. Always trust the moment. Always trust the moment. But you're going to do that for all the scenic events in order. The next and the best part, in my opinion, is the personalization. So how are you going to personalize these events and your partner? This is where we use Stanislavski's magic if, right? If I was in these circumstances, how would I behave? So ask yourself that question and answer honestly. You know, if you were in a situation where you walk in and you find out your partner is moving out, how would you react? How do you think you'd react, right? How do we feel? What would be the things that get brought up? And this is also where we start tapping into some of our own personal history and where our heart lies in these kind of stories. You know, do we have experience with these kind of things? And that can be kind of tricky, especially for newer actors or for people that just haven't haven't taken the time to try to heal from emotional traumas in the past, right? We never want to use something if it's going to cause you a tremendous amount of pain that you can't walk away from after the scene is done and, you know, be fine. So always keep that in mind when you're doing your personalization work. Try not to do something that that's too fresh or that is triggering for you. But there are ways we can find stuff that is emotional and that brings up maybe sadness or feelings that we weren't expecting and still be okay enough to breathe and walk away after. And that's such an important factor too, is just breathe through it all. We're lending our heart to the character, right? So we can tell the story. But that's it. Follow those steps to break down any scene and see how it works for you. Hopefully it works well. And a reminder that this is just one way to do it. This is one process that I find works for me. 
Sometimes I don't even do every step in the process. If I find that things are coming intuitively to me, I might skip over a part of it. If it's a character I really closely relate to right away, I might not even need to do the personalization work or similar aspects that we talked about to other things that we talked about. If I find things are coming to me naturally, I might just skip them and just use the tools I need to get me into the the role a bit quicker, into the work. And again, always trying to get to a place where I'm I'm acting from my heart and in a very free impulsive manner but try this out and if you have any other ones try those out that's kind of what I love about acting is and you hear this a lot when you listen to a lot of actor interviews they always say every time they get a new role it's almost like they're approaching it completely fresh and new again like everything that worked on the last role is not necessarily going to work on this role so they have to try to find new ways in and I think that's really exciting it's very adventurous We should embrace that, embrace the unknown and the curiosity, because that's what living in the moment in a scene is, right? You have to embrace that unknown of what could come next as opposed to planning ahead. So I hope this helps. Thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. I'm your host, Justin Powell. If you enjoyed the podcast today, feel free to leave a rating or comment. If you have any topics you'd like to be discussed on the podcast, you can either comment on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or you can head to Instagram and TikTok at The Acting Notes and leave me a comment there or send me a message there. And always feel free to reach out. You know, I'm always interested in helping. I used to teach acting, and I am actually looking at a job now where I hopefully would be teaching acting very soon again and uh, it's something I really love I'm very passionate about it so if it's if you have questions or anything that you need help with or even just to say hi feel free to shoot me a message and I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I can but thank you for listening have a good day peace <laughs>